Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Thank you, Pastor Cordell. It's a good start. Amen. Everybody happy? That's good. I have the privilege of being prepared for small groups. This is not a small group, but we were talking last night about when everything went down in my life, I remember calling a prayer meeting. And you know, divorce is one of those divisive things. Thank you. Divorce is one of those divisive things that creates opportunity. There's, There's an opportunity to accept, and then there's an opportunity to reject. And most of the time, acceptance leads to love, Brother Kyler, which, as you said so profoundly, is the most powerful thing we have. It's a weapon, love is. But rejection can lead to judgment. And one of, our, one of the most difficult things that happens is that we begin to judge ourselves improperly, where we start to look at everything we did was wrong. And then, of course, the people of God have a great way of affirming your misunderstanding of yourself. See, we're real quiet this morning because, you know, we have this go get them attitude. It's not, we don't want to go get them in the city that are lost. We want to come into the house and get each other. And that's very harsh. It's very hard to accept those things. But I had a couple of guys that really supported me, but I remember in particular, I'll let you sit in a minute. I got to stand, you got to stand. So, I mean, if we don't stand together, we'll fall apart. So, but I, I received some support, but one of the most, important turning points was I called a prayer meeting for our church. We'd, we were running just really great numbers. God gave us a building. Everything was great. I called a prayer meeting and I was the only one that showed up. It was quite a statement. And so you have these opportunities where you, know, you can be still and know that he is God. And you have to be able to know your own life. And you have to become introspective. And you have to be patient with God and let him do through you, whatever it is that he is going to do. I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm mad at God because my shower was cold, because I'm cheap and I shut the hot water off. Oh, God, help me sustain my cold shower today. That's, I'm not talking about the things we do to ourselves, but there are sometimes things that happen through us that God intends for good. If Joseph were alive today and he got incarcerated, how many of us would go visit him? It's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's just divisive. So I want to I wanna ask you to pray with me just for a moment this morning. I've only got two and a half hours left, so we want to be sure that we get this right. Would you take the hand of somebody next to you and make sure that it is gender appropriate or relationship appropriate? And let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you, God, that you've given us authority to be married, <coughs> that you've given us a strength that goes way beyond our own ability to (coughs) understand. We ask you this morning in the name of Jesus to assist us, oh God, because we want to find truth. We want to find the power of the Holy Ghost, the anointing and the blessing of your spirit. And we want you to flow, God. We want truth, Lord Jesus, to be revealed. And we want sin to be concealed today through the power of love. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said Jesus' name. High five your neighbor. Tell them how much you love and appreciate them, even if it is your spouse. And then you all may be seated today. How many of you are in a step family right now? 
There's one, two, three, four. I caught my wife five, twice, six, six. There you go. A few of us are in step families. How many of you know somebody that's in a step family? How many of you can see the joy of the Lord on their faces every day? It's a, it's a grinder. It, is, uh, it can be so difficult if we misappropriate the way in which that we view step families from our own introspection, being that we are in a step family, but also outside of the step families. Because when they come in, sometimes, I remember, uh, this is a, you know, the, I, in business, I went and I talked to a guy who was part of the Wisconsin Synod Lutheran Church, and he heard I was divorced, and as a businessman, he agreed reluctantly to have lunch with me, but he wouldn't pray with me and over lunch. And, and I was like, why don't you ask the blessing? He said, okay, I'll bless my food. And, and I said, your food, yeah, you don't believe like me, plus your divorce. I'll just go ahead and pray over my food, and you can, you can just take yours before the Lord. And uh, a man who was part of the Baptist church, uh, when he, he had asked me some questions, because he kind of heard about this, this guy that does benefits, who had a kind of a tough story, and he looked at me, and he, he literally wouldn't shake my hand. I said, I'm just being friendly. He's like, I don't want to catch divorce. These are affluent people who are successful in business and accomplished academically, and they have this feeling that somehow divorce is a disease. And before we're too quick to say, wow, those people are really stupid, we should, excuse me, can I say stupid here? I don't want to offend anybody. We have an acronym in our church because frequently I use that acronym. And I don't remember what it stands for, honey. Do you remember? We had somebody who was very stubborn come up with the acronym. And at the end, it's uh, something about stubborn people anyway. (coughs) Doesn't apply here. Stubborn people, I mean. Nope, not at all. I like stubborn people because once they're convinced, they're, they're convinced. And then they're stubborn for good. You know, the, the most important step family in the entire universe is yours. And if you're not in a step family, the next most important step family is one you know. We are, as the body of Christ, we are insulators. The Bible says perfect love covers a multitude of sin. That is a real issue to the body of Christ because we think perfect revelation allows an abundance of judgment. And so we don't really have a, we're not really good at confessing our faults one to another, but we're really good at putting on our suits and showing ourselves to one another. Are you following me? Now the most famous step family in the world is, is a very interesting study because that is Joseph and Mary. So before we get too quick to say God can't bless a step family, we should really evaluate the lesson that was given to us through the birth of our Savior. Man, I'm just feeling the Holy Ghost. Anybody else feeling that? You know, statistically, there are thousands of families that struggle with this this idea of being a step family because they don't really understand the patterns of family in the beginning. They don't know about husbands and wives, how to balance those relationships. They don't know how to speak to one another in love. And if they have the sting of sin in their bodies, 
when divorce happens, it only becomes more exacerbated. And it drives them deeper into sin. And then because they are so uncomfortable with the terrible reality of divorce, and then regardless of how the child custody hearings go, they're going to hear the words, you get to visit your children. Now that's a terrible thing to face because we want to raise our children. And I, I'm an involved father. My wife will attest to that I'm very involved <coughs> in my children's life. And the way the courts came down on me because of my religious uh, affiliation, they went on the Hate UPCI website and literally had printouts from the Hate UPCI website that they brought as evidence and uh, indicated to me that we just don't want your religion. We don't want your kind of Christianity in, in our city. And before you say that can't happen, it did. Uh, I heard it right there, and I looked at my attorney, who had argued some cases before the Supreme Court of Wisconsin, and he said, don't talk. Just sit quiet. These people want to hurt you. Uh, they see your brand of religion as devastating, and they just don't want to see that happen. we would grown quite... Uh, a following already for Jesus in the city and we were right on the main drag and it was just it was really hard but when they said you're going to get to visit your children because we're going to give your daughters to their mother who had decided that she was not going to serve God and that's about as far as I'll go with the description of their life but uh, my two daughters were subjected to whatever the lifestyle was that now the enemy could portray to them and I'm very happy to tell you that both of them are filled with the Holy Ghost, both are baptized in Jesus' name, much because of the woman that I brought into my life. Go ahead, Suzanne, stand and wave at everybody. Give them that happy smile. See? <coughs> you may be, look at her, rebellious. Either that or prophetic, right? She was ahead of me. So, but, but the reality becomes that because of the courts and the legal decisions that are made and the judgment of people, I got put into a really great opportunity and that was to continue to be dad even though my life was sad. Now, if there was some music, I would rap a sad ballad right now, but I won't do that. No, you guys don't want to hear me rap this morning, so. That's right. I'm known in the central Wisconsin area as the rapping pastor because I talk faster. Uh-huh. The oil I have isn't castor. Get a castor, I got the oil of the Holy Ghost because he's the most. Hallelujah. Come on, let's loosen up a little bit in here. I mean, I know we're talking about a tough subject. <coughs> and don't weep for me. The time to weep was like 20 years ago. Now you should celebrate because, you know, our kids are just doing great. I think we've got a dynamic family of world changers. And they are world changers because Jesus allowed them to go through the same raising that he went through isn't it interesting that once he's delivered and Joseph goes through his dreams and and he hears from angels a stepfather hearing from angels that we hear very little about Joseph after that but we see the fruit of his parenting by the time Jesus is 12 because he must have been a good enough father and provider that by 12 years of age, Jesus was blasting lawyers with his knowledge of the word. Now, we know he was God manifest in the flesh, but this is before the spirit descended on him like a dove. 
Now we know he's the author and the finisher of our faith, but he still had a bedtime. Now I don't know about you, but if you look at your step-parenting as responsible as Joseph must have seen his, maybe we can raise those world changers out of the womb that's very much like the picture the world has painted. Amen, there's a step family getting with me. <coughs> and maybe this could be the church that all of these wounded people, and I'm telling you, I'm just feeling the Holy Ghost because you guys are ready. Maybe this is a place he can send the families that are very much like the one he was raised in. To you to find the guidance from the Father in heaven that steered his daddy to call him Jesus. That steered his daddy to raise him right. And steered his father to allow the mother to have the relationship. When you notice at 12, when Jesus separated from his family to go get after his father's business. They were continuing to walk for a couple of days before they even knew he was missing. Now, you know, uh, uh, in this culture that wouldn't work so good. But when they finally realized it was somebody that came to Mary and said, we don't know where he is. And it was Mary that went back. It was Mary that talked with him because in step families, we've got to respect the biological connection. I'll just let it settle in. We've got to support the biological connection. There's, when they did find him, he said to them, well, okay, fine. I'll submit myself to your parenting. And then we hear from him again 18 years later. He revealed the power and the authority of a 12-year-old mind when he was wowing the doctors of the law. I, I was so impressed with all of those beautiful kids heading off today to their indoctrination service, as the world would say. <laughs> I, I speak court. I took it as a compliment. You're trying to indoctrinate the city. I was like, mm, yeah, pretty much. Thank you. Thank you very much. When they told me that they were going to take my daughters, they said, the problem we have with you is you're, you're an independent free thinker who's energetically not going to do what the culture tells you. There was a psychologist who was wearing clogs. I knew it wasn't going to go well. And he's the one that said, literally, I promise you, he said to me, now are you going to stay in central Wisconsin? And I looked at him after they took my daughters. I said, now more than ever. It's a conspiracy out there. I don't know if you knew that. They don't really like Jesus much. And for those of us, the closer you get to Jesus, the more opportunity you have to just get identified at the cross. And I'm supposed to carry mine anyway. But what we're talking about the idea of stewarding these families in your community. Because nobody really gets this done. Those, your step families, have you ever heard the name Ron Deal? Ron Deal works with family life. And he is supposed to be the guru on step family. So I called him up and I said, hey, I appreciate what you're trying to do and, and how it's working for you. You know, I've, I've looked at some of your material. I don't read a lot of material outside of the Bible. I don't read a lot of commentaries. I just try to get into the word because it's enough. If I need, if I need an explanation, I'll call Brother Kylie. Or I'll call somebody else when I'm scratching my head. I, I, I love the reality of those that deserve honor and those that deserve double honor when they labor in the word and in the doctrine, we should give the Kylies a big hand this morning. 
And brother and sister Cordell are right along behind them, wise beyond their years. Y'all are in good hands this morning. But the idea of the step family comes a little bit strange to those of us that only know a nuclear family. And we have to be able to broaden our understanding. That's why I started talking about the most famous step family and the most important step family. And the reason that we are the most important is if you'll look at Mark 10, 13, is there somebody that can put that up? 10, 13 through 15, these are important verses for us to see. Uh, Jesus deals with the idea of suffering the little children. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. Next verse. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. Because they rebuked the ones that brought them. They were, sometimes believers find children to be a headache. We find them to clutter. I stepped down into our hotel uh, eating area this morning, a little late. Man, I sleep good down here. I don't, I, I'm up early in, up in Stevens Point, but down here it's like seven o'clock. I'm waking up in the cobwebs. And I'm like, whoa, man, I'm up late. But I went down to all these screaming children. And I just loved it. And I, on our way out, I said to one mother who's got this stubborn little curly head guy who's been, the, he's the problem. He's the instigator. He's like 20 months old. He's rocking the world. I saw him pinch a girl and she was screaming and, you know, just my kind of guy. And so when we walked out, I said, you are so privileged to be able to hold on such a wonderful bundle of love. What did she say on the way out? Amen. Thank you. I said, well, God bless you. I don't know what the response was, you know. Typically they say there's one God or whatever, you know. Did he do that at church? I mean, why do we let them have all the signs? I like my, my, my digits work. It's the one God thing, right? I pinky promise there's only one God. So when they wave at you, you just wave back. Right? I mean, I don't really know what they mean because frankly, I just drove past you a little faster than you were going. I don't know what that means. So I'm like, one God, one God. <coughs> there's a girl in our church, you'll hear her periodically. She's 18 and struggling with everything that can happen in a step family and a father that was a, 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 a gangster. And, you know, she's just trying to find her balance. And she'll say sometimes, is he even a pastor? Is this church? And she says that because she loves my wife and I. But, you know, church doesn't have to be anything that we say. It's really a community. And last night, man, we enjoyed a community of believers. But what about those outside of it? And what about those that feel disqualified because life has dealt them what's happening to the majority of Americans? What an open field. What a wide open field to begin to speak love. Why? Because we want to, if Jesus was displeased because the disciples rebuked the ones that were bringing the children. Come on now, let's, let, let's get our love on. And why don't we prioritize those that would be the least comely marriages among us in the eyes of some very narrow thinking believers? Because they deserve what? Double honor. Could it be that if the body of Christ energizes to the idea of unconditional love and acceptance that when we see them struggling with child discipline or we see them 
hastening their children to the car because they don't really know what they're going to do. They don't know how to handle that. Could it be that if we become less displeased with the people that brought them and more focused on the God who drew them, that we could see an eruption of revival? I think there's some 12-year-olds ready to prophesy. Okay, see? I think if we let them loose by loving the parents, regardless of what judgment they've already had, all divorced people have already been judged. They actually sat in a courtroom and they've gone through things that are very much like the white throne. And there's a power, Brother Kylie, Brother Corlo, there's a power called divorce activation. That society understands this, that when they face a divorce, suddenly there's a super parental feeling that comes upon the moms and the dads. And the, the bad dads become really great dads and the, the disconnected fathers become connected with their children and the displaced parent tries to really compensate by being better at that, what they were doing. Now the, the syndrome only lasts for just a short little while in most lives because they are constantly reminded. Have you ever heard of the word deadbeat dad? Well, how would you feel if you had three children and you got divorced because she found a boyfriend and you went to the divorce court and now they're taking 49% of your, just a gro of your gross income but they're still taxing on you, you on your entire income. And so if you make $700 a week, gross pay, and you take home five. Now, they're going to take almost 50% of the seven, take you to 350. You're still going to pay the $180 of tax. You know why, they call, you know why they're deadbeat dads? Because the law is against fatherhood. That's the entire reason Elijah's ministry existed. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the fatherless. Because the culture of Jezebel wants to diminish masculinity, wants to make it illegal to be a man. So now in the Me Too movement, I can say, yes, he abused me. And the guys are going, wait a minute, the culture, that's consensual. And the guy is still going to be judged. And we're so quick, oh, those people, you know, those perverts. Come on now, hear me. The culture is killing fatherhood because a father represents procreation. A father represents godly authority. A father represents the interpretation of biblical truth. Go back in Genesis, prove me wrong. God was talking to man, Satan was talking to Eve. And the reason that it's important to understand that, you remember when, Je come here, sweetie. Remember when Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan? I mean, we want to go out there and say, get thee behind me, Satan. Let, let me, I, I don't encourage you to do that. The reason he could say it was because he knew that there was, a, there was a cross he was going to face and on the other side was going to be a church. And the church was his bride. Because the way it was created was Adam, go this way, stand right there. Adam is supposed to be moving towards provision. He set Adam in the garden and he told him what to do. And before Eve ever showed up, Adam called the animals their names. And God had a great relationship with him. And you look at when God comes back to the garden, he's like, Adam, Adam. It wasn't Eve, Eve, where is your stupid husband? 
Oh, he's out doing this mediocre job, not taking care of anything. I got to handle all of this. Now, let me just speak to you this morning. Because she was his helpmeet. Because what? Do you think God didn't know Lucifer was on the earth? And you think that he didn't know he's a coward? That he picks on children? And he attacks men through their wife? God said it's not good that man would have all of this purpose. I'm going to make him a helpmeet. So he gave him Eve. Because while Adam is looking forward, Eve's protecting the back. While man is hearing God about provision and direction and the patterns of the family, Eve's got power on her head with the angels and the demons are nothing but fallen angels. And when she's serving God, she's got my back. So the Lord can say, get thee behind me, Satan. I got a church that's going to be born and going to take care of you. Come on, church. We got to be alive. These families need us. Woo! Uh, I'm sorry, I get a little excited. <coughs> Excuse me. So she, according to the Apostle Paul, is the only person that can honor her head. If I'm going to move in the power of honorable, she's got to cover me. Why do you think think 80% of divorces are initiated by women? Right now you're like, that's not true. Fine. They call them gray divorces. They're a new thing. 40 plus years of marriage. 75% are initiated by the woman. It's because gradually Satan is uncovering men. And he's leaving us there in a position where he can really get us in the back. Because when he can take the helpmeet, turn her this way, instead of a sword of the Lord killing the enemy, go ahead, you can pretend you're stabbing me in the back. When she starts doing this, he's got no hope. She's liking that. A little higher, up on the shoulders. <laughs> you take a praise break, I'm going to just sit here and enjoy body ministry. <sighs> I want to, yeah, that's, that's the one. Go ahead, turn around this way. We're not done yet. <clears throat> now, here's the thing that ladies, you need to see it, and men, you need to understand it. Eve was the anointed helpmeet. Her words had power. She did help him, but she helped him fall. He had no choice. You look at it and you start wondering, well, what? What What was he thinking? Don't. I mean, if if it was in a play, we were watching The Passion of the Christ together, my wife and I, and she kept saying, stop, stop. She was trying to stop the beatings. Everybody knows the scene I'm talking about. She wanted it to stop. She turned her head away. She put her head on my shoulder. I was trying my best to turn away. We didn't want that to happen, so we say, stop. If Eve was here and she was, she was going to taste of the fruit, we'd all be going, stop, stop, stop. Except we are the ones that are going, feed me, feed me, feed me. And we understand evil because we read the digest about women's rights. And, and I'm all for women's rights. I'm all for the idea that we are co-equal. We are co-powerful. We're just different genders. 
and God has programmed us differently. I'm supposed to go forward, Brother Kylie, Brother Cordell. I'm supposed to provide. I'm supposed to be able to move. She's supposed to help me because she covers the back. How about that? What about that verse that says women should be keepers at home? I mean, the first time I dropped these kinds of truth, I was with my leadership team and we had a new convert sitting there. And I knew what was going to happen. There was just a bit of contention. Just a little bit. And after it was all done, after the hour and a half of just trying to slay the dragon and letting women spew out what they were thinking, because that's our ministry pattern. Tell me what you're thinking. Wow. And that's all in our church. And these are the leaders that I've been working with. Glad you guys don't suffer from that here. But the reality is, the reason the enemy is so easily able to destroy men today is because their partner, their helpmeet, is feeding them to them. Don't take the fruit at him. He had no power. He had no authority. She says, helpmeet. She's the one. She's the wife that God chose. But she chose to be the bride Satan could use. And so this one right here has chosen to honor me. She's chosen to protect me. When she brings words against me, I know she's trying to help me. And I'll sit down, like a lot of the time, and be very patient with her. Some of the time, I'm a little impatient because we have a tendency to do that. And when I'm wrong in my attitude, but I'm right in my words, she has a tendency to cover the attitude part with love. And we try to go to bed every night, friends. That's how you grow a family, and that's how you grow a stepfamily. But I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder because I hear so many words of affirmation and honor coming from my wife. I'm like, oh, well, Brother Cordell, now I guess I've got to fly higher. She's setting me free to do some things because she's covering it. She's got it all taken care of. And, you know, do we resent the idea that men should be providers only if we've got a bad spirit? That can, hap- that can be an effeminate man who says, I've got to listen to my wife. I like stopping and just sitting there for a minute. Or it could be a masculine woman who wants to take leadership of the family. Or you may dress feminine. I like to say, play back the tape for 168 hours, one week ago to this moment. Track your words. What did you say? Because chances are he's exactly what you said he was. You're the helpmeet. He's going to go as high as you'll let him. He's going to go as high as you will clear the path by empowering him in the home. Men should be able to find an oasis when they come in. You know, the, the idea of knowing our spouse has nothing to do with the physical intimacy, but it has everything to do with understanding your spouse. I understand my spouse. I've got a P-H-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D in Suzanne. I know her actions, I know her attitudes, I know why she suffers from, po- I know how it manifests post-traumatic stress disorder. I've seen it in my wife. She's had very, very difficult years before she married me. That's why I love to pamper her and take good care of her and give her breakfast in bed and all that stuff. It's because I love her and I only have one chance to love her like Christ loved the church. Then I'm gonna stand before him. And the evaluation for me is not gonna be, were you, very, were you pretty good? Were you pretty sinless? Did you do some righteous things? The whole entire thing that's gonna happen, my reputation is my wife. Did you know the Bible says that? Which means that when I come home at night, she's telling me who I am. And before the throne of God, she's my reputation. 
I tell her sometimes if she's having a bad day, honey, I'm just going to love you like Christ loved the church. You're responsible for your own actions. And she sits quiet. You love those talks. (laughs) Because it doesn't matter what she does, I'm the man. If she flattens all four tires in the car to try to fight me to go get provision, I'm just going to walk into town. I'm telling you, you got to be stubborn like that, man. And then the only thing we get to do is unconditional love, unconditional servanthood. You know why? Because he expects us to be greater. Bigger than her words, bigger than her challenges, bigger than her insecurities. Be the big man at home and watch what happens in your marriage. So she covers my back like we cover his. So he could say, get thee behind me, Satan, because he knew Brother Corla would be in church. He knew you would be in church. He knew that you would come along and you would come along and all of us would come along. And he saw us growing so that the community that has family models just like his could be sent to a place that will suffer the little children but love those that brought them. Isn't that a beautiful truth? Okay, give me a kiss. We can do that in church. That's right. Good, so now that we're sitting down on this stuff, it's a little challenging, isn't it? No, not cha- it's so challenging you can't even say amen. You know, there's different levels of amens. There is amen. That's the go get them, pastor. Everybody else needs this sermon today. Then there's the amen. It's like, I got that one down, pastor. You talk all you want. Uh, then there's the, amen. It's like just getting a little bit too close to home. Then there's the head down, amen, where he's trying to look at his wife to see if she realizes the pastor just busted my bubble. Amen. <laughs> and the worst amen is the silent one, where you refuse to let the words out of your mouth because it is so, truth is troubling. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, who wouldn't love that? And before we get too quick to say, wow, if I was alive back then, he wouldn't have been crucified. I wouldn't have put him on a cross. And then we're saying his, that our opinion of him is more important than the blood. So whether we like it or not, every one of us would have contributed something, and we did contribute something to his crucifixion. But I want to participate in the resurrection. I want to participate in what he really said when he came out of the tomb. You're not going to find him amongst the dead, the angel said. He's amongst the living. Death is where trespassers and sinners live. And some that have met life through the power of the new birth still choose death. We're like the children of Israel when they were delivered from Egyptian bondage where we still allow ourselves to hunger after the things of the world, our appetite. Remember, they loved the water and they loved the leeks and the garlic and the onions and they loved the recipes of Egypt. And so they said, oh, you brought us out here just to to bury us. And you know the truth of the matter is preachers are trying to get you to bury your old man. So when they brought that, they were like the people at the cross, Brother Kylie, that said, let his blood be on us and on our children. I'm sure that gave the Lord some relief. Because he's like, you may have meant it for evil, but I mean it for good. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. 
And when we begin to understand some of these things about the reality that my goal as a step-parent, when I decided that I was going to be married to Suzanne, I did not immediately marry her because I wanted to study the family a little more. I saw that the children were having a little struggle. And frankly, she wouldn't have said yes because she loves her, her children. And we wanted them to work through it. I had all of the normal desires and passions, spend time, go do fun stuff, but she was a mom. And kids only get one mom. And sometimes when we're in the area of divorce, we become more concerned about our needs instead of the idea that those children, is that verse still up there? We, we, we don't want to steward relationships with the mother or the father that has a biological connection, but we, like Brother Kylie said last night, most relationship problems are selfishness. And we've got to understand that there is suffrage in bringing the little children. But Jesus, he was much displeased and he said unto them, let these little kids come to me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. The only thing that forbids a child to believe in God is a false pattern by a parent. We forbid them when we eat of the forbidden fruits. That's why the Bible describes the spirit and the things that it does for us. They are defined as fruits. Why? Because they are anti-sin fruit. They are the anecdote. Lovelessness needs love. Hopelessness needs hope. Joyless lives need to see the joy of the Lord. And where we most imprint them is when we establish patterns of marriage that manifest the fruit of the Spirit. So that, you know what, we don't have to go out. Remember Gandhi, who, by the way, was a pedophile? Gandhi said, if Christians lived as Christ, we would all be Christian. If step families had marriages like heaven, we would all see the light. If churches carried their cross and loved unconditionally, we would all community with them. But we forbid them because of the forbidden fruit. Why not go ahead and silence ourselves to the knowledge of evil? Don't sexualize your marriage. Don't feminize your husband. Don't emasculize your wife. Get a balance. If you don't have a balance, you might need a coach. We've got two great life coaches right here that will help you find balance. They've got the patterns, right? I know this is, this is probably a little startling, but that's okay. I'm leaving today. They'll straighten it out. I'm glad I could help. By the way, buy my sweatshirts. <clears throat> but when you decide you're going to go into a, a step-parenting posture. Do not forbid those children to have a relationship with their biological parents. Now, some dads don't deserve that moniker, but it is our job to help their children honor them. We raise imbalanced children when we talk evil about their biological parents. We cause a, we forbid them from having an open relationship with Christ because we judge their parents and we, we disclose everything that happened where we were wronged 
and we dump it on the poor children who are trying to learn how to honor their parents. We wonder why we go out into the community. There's no honor for police. There's no honor for the fire department. There's no honor for pastors. There's no honor for teachers. There's no honor for used car sales. Oh, those guys don't deserve it. But you know what I'm saying. A culture's honor starts on the children and it has to be taught by the parent. When I assumed responsibility, as it, when I looked at Suzanne and I asked her to marry me, I thought I'm the provision for this woman. I'm going to be able to help her. I'm gonna be able to heal her because I am equipped with unconditional love, right? And therefore, I am not gonna forbid her children, but I'm gonna teach them. On the day of our wedding, uh, the two boys, I mean, one of them did all of the physical exercises to be drafted into the NFL, including at 4-3 speed in the 40. He chose a life in Christ. And he was the reason I ever met Suzanne. He came to our church, but he came up to me, he said, he said, Pastor, now what do I call you? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're married to my mom. I said, boy, isn't that just awesome? He was like, <sighs> I mean, he loved me as a pastor, he loved me as a friend, loved me as a coach. And I said to him, uh, Steve, what do you want to call me? I said, Dad's taken, isn't it? Yeah, wow. I mean, he just went, oh. yeah, it is. I said, Father's taken, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I said, don't bother on Father's Day, I'm not your father. Don't worry about loyalty issues. Don't worry about being conflicted because you're a child. I want you to have free access to the Father in heaven and you need to honor your dad. And even though he had some issues and, and they were significant issues, Brother Kylie, Brother Cordell, I said, you know what he does that's so really awesome? And I pointed it out and the relief. And I became that man's friend. As a matter of fact, at one point, I had my hands on him and his hands were raised in a church service where Brother Stone King was preaching. I mean, if you're gonna get the Holy Ghost, that's the place, right? It's like, you know, the four that bear record in heaven, Father, the Word, the Blood, and Stone King. I mean, I got my hands on and lifted it up, and he asked, he asked my stepdaughter, there was one that really had problems with her mother remarrying because she's just like, her mother is like heaven. She got a card one time, Suzanne got a card saying, you taught me to see the beautiful things in life. So I wasn't offended that she didn't like me because I wasn't beautiful. I looked in the mirror and said, eh, I don't qualify. That was really funny. <laughs> but I recognized that I'm not gonna interrupt that. I'm not gonna forbid that child. And so when I partnered with her, I realized that I was the provision for the children. So I, her dad asked her one time, why is Ron so nice to me? She said, I don't know. So she came to me and said, why are you so nice to my dad? I said, because everybody deserves one Christian in their life. And when somebody was talking about how people gossip and backbite, my stepdaughter said, my dad doesn't, my stepdad doesn't talk bad about anybody. Man, you talk about a badge of honor. Now you just let the Holy Ghost minister. I feel him moving here because we have these misperceptions. You know, we look at Matthew chapter five where Jesus said, except for the cause of adultery, there's no divorce, right? But that was to the children of Israel. That was before Paul clarified it in 1 Corinthians 7, and I don't really have time this morning to go into it because God's gonna take us another direction in the morning service. But he describes something in 1 Corinthians 7 called benevolence. And benevolence equals kindness. But he described the kindness as when you are married, your body is not yours, it is your spouse's. And he, he talks about believers and unbelievers then and he uses the word depart. 
that if you're a believer married to a believer, you can't depart. Meaning, you got to really hammer it out in your relationship. Because it's a covenant. And we'll talk about covenants in the morning service, but it's a covenant. But it's, I'm not in covenant with Suzanne. I'm in covenant with him. Because Brother Kyle, you clarified it. You were way ahead of me. You're so prophetic. You said, because she's his daughter. She is your sister before she's your wife. Therefore, any premarital stuff, Huh? I mean, there's levels, fornication, adultery, incest. Ooh, oh, he said it. Yep. Can I talk like that in church? Is it in the Bible? Yeah. We don't want to talk about it in church, though. It gets us so close to shame, so much like our real life. So when I, when I recognize that as a stepdad, I, I, I went to the Lord. I said, man, you know what, God? I know that I'm a good dad. And it's all right if good dads identify themselves as good dads. Good dads, give yourself a hand today. And if you don't want to give yourself a hand and your dad, clap for your neighbor. And moms, why don't you shout that they're good dads while they're clapping for themselves? Oh, see, it's a little weak. We got to work on it. We'll get there. Let's hope we get it before heaven because, you know, she's my reputation before Jesus. So what do you think he is? Mm -hmm. He's your priest. I never, ever, ever have to do marital counseling because I'm always building the priest and I'm supporting the help meet because if I can deal with my own sin, I I won't address her with it. If I can deal with my own attitude, I don't have to address her with my attitude because I got to take it to him and he knows everything. And so when you come in the presence of the Lord, it's a little harder to say, really, Lord, I was just, lo- I was just reading material. I wasn't looking at any of those pictures. It's, I mean, it's easy for us. If, if my accountability is only in her mind, I can really escape a lot of judgment until the very end because the one who's going to judge his bride is going to look at me and say, you got problems, son. Now, I recognize I'm three minutes over. Can I take one more minute? All right. I mean, why do we even ask that? I know you're going to say yes because who would say no? I don't know. I'm just, oh, whatever. But I wanted to t- give you some secrets on how to love these step families. Number one, prepare your heart. And if you're in a step family, prepare your heart. Be the provision for the children. Don't worry about the wife. If step families could realize, honor their biological parent because the child's going to do it. Sometimes we complain about rebellious stepchildren. And it's only because we're trying to get them to do something unnatural. Hate their parent. How do, kids aren't built that way. They're built to love, honor, and respect. Patience when you are pursuing your future spouse. Give the children the opportunity to tell you when it's okay because that's where the judgment's gonna fall anyway. Have a lifetime plan with your spouse. Suzanne and I, we really, I mean, I'm telling you, thousands of hours on the phone talking about lifetime plan. She had a hard time thinking I was going to be a pastor and she was going to marry me. And I knew that was because of historical issues in her life. And I had a hard time telling Jesus, okay, I'm going to marry this woman and then get out of my ministry. Because there's something about a calling that it's worth negotiating for. I didn't say fighting, but negotiating. And making assurances and demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. You have to allow biological preference in child correction. Meaning I don't discipline my stepkids. 
I don't have to. I don't discipline my grandchildren. They're not my step-grandchildren. They don't know the difference. I don't discipline them at all. I just laugh when they're naughty, give them gum and candy. Hey, you're not supposed to have this in church. Go ahead. I own the church, so it's, I mean, literally, I mean, I own the building, so they can do whatever they want, my grandkids. But we, uh, we're all so balanced. We don't let our grandchildren do anything the other children can't get away with. So I just let them get away with everything. You'd say, wow, what a raucous area. Yeah, we don't have problems with our teenagers. Our teenagers are separated from the culture, man. I mean, we, I'm proud of them. I'm just, we're so proud of the children in our church, but it's, a lot of it has to do with the parents. And yeah, kids need correction. Just let bio mom or bio dad do it and have realistic expectations. If they want to tuck their children in bed at night and the child has a question, don't demand your rights as a husband or a wife. Let honor develop. You know when honor develops from a child to a parent is when they're helping them through the troubled times. And there are some things a step-parent can't do, and I don't try to do any of those. I'm there when, I'm there when they want me, and they want me frequently. One of, my, one of my stepsons, and I only use that word because I'm identifying Steve. He and I had conversations five times a week about separation and holiness and all of the standards, all of the patterns. And so he's just a great husband and a great father. Neither of those things were modeled in his home necessarily. The provision part was done excellent. Some of the other pieces were missing because the man didn't have the communication style that I had. So I was able to come along and augment what the stepfather had done in the area of creating a really awesome man. But I didn't overstep my boundaries. Do not stop talking to each other. And then one more thing as I am out of here is never go to bed angry. Do You know, that's the one area that the Bible says we give place to the devil. For this, so whoever's coming up, This is my last statement. Many times by fighting as we go to bed, it's funny that the Lord would say the marital bed is the place where the devil can begin to take authority. Don't look at it lightly. Study Benevolence, chapter seven. Amen. Here comes Brother Coral. Thank you for your patience today. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and we'll continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.